you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode number 92 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. That game absolutely sucked and I'm not very happy about it. I'll tell you that right now. Wah, wah, wah. That was crap. Absolute crap. I'm furious. I'm not very happy in any single way, shape, or form. But let's get right into it, shall we? Celtics lose in overtime to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, 117-104, to 104, and are now down one game to love, or one game to zero, or one game to goose egg, or one game to nil to the Miami Heat in a best-of-seven series. So right away, Marcus Smart comes out, and he starts hitting a couple wide-open threes. Thank God, because... Someone had to make a shot because clearly Kemba wasn't going to make him right away. And then the reason why that happened was because of good ball movement. The Celtics were flinging that ball around. Zing, 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 zing. Found the open shooter. It was absolutely fantastic. And one of the things that I wanted in the series preview was the Celtics to get somewhere between 22, 24, 25, 26 assists. Somewhere in that range. They ended up with 24 assists. So you're like, holy crap, that's a good thing because I don't think... The last three or four games of the Raptor series, they got anything more than 18 or 19. So you figure six six or seven more assists would be a good thing for the Celtics, but not, not so much. One of the things that absolutely – there were two things that absolutely drove me nuts about Marcus Smart and just really Marcus Smart overall when he gets going. Number one, when he gets going, he literally thinks he is Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, you name it. Respect to the confidence. I've, I've said it before. I would kill for Marcus Smart's confidence. But he took so many dumb, contested, off-balance jump shots in that first quarter and part of the second quarter, too. And I believe, if I calculated correctly, the Heat scored over a dozen points off of Marcus Smart's contested jumpers. And that is going to drive me crazy. For real. It really is. And I get it. You know, there were a couple of them into the shot clock. You know, he had to shoot it. I get it. I get it. Fine, fine, fine. But there was one little instance in particular. In the third quarter, Celtics got a steal on a fast break. Marcus got the ball. I think it was Jimmy Butler or Jay Crowder was trying to defend not only Jalen Brown, but also the Time Lord. And Marcus Smart decided to dribble all the way to the corner and shoot a three-pointer. He missed it. He'd go down the floor and get a hoop. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, there were also a couple times Marcus Smart was wide open and people missed him. So, you know, I'm just not putting it all on Marcus Smart. But I'm telling you this right now. Those type of plays are not going to get you to the NBA Finals. At all. At all. But, with that being said, I really thought the Celtics came out strong against the Miami Heat 
2-3 zone. What was interesting about the Miami Heat's 2-3 zone is usually what you have is the two guards up top, your two forwards out in the wing, and then your center in the middle. Like a Zed song. See what I did there? If you didn't, that's fine. But this time they put their forwards up top and their wing and then their guards on their wing. Now, for someone who played basketball <laughs> in a 2-3 zone often, like it was a weekend song. Wow, look at that. I am just throwing out song references left and right. It is, I would have gotten roasted if I was on, if I had to play on the wing and I wasn't up top. I would have gotten absolutely roasted by the forwards, bigger people, because let's be honest, I'm not that big to begin with. Okay, I am, I would have gotten absolutely destroyed. No matter what level of basketball I was playing, I would have gotten destroyed. So that is one of the reasons why Duncan Robinson got into foul trouble early, because if you're going to put Crowder and Butler on the top of a 2-3 zone, and then you have Dragic and Robinson out in the wings, they're going to get absolutely toasted on rebounds for second chance points. And that's how Duncan Robinson picked up his second foul and got into foul trouble early. And the vibe that I was catching throughout this entire game was if Duncan Robinson is out on the floor, you have to go by him. You have to exploit how bad he is defensively. And the Celtics did that a couple times. They got to the line and he was in foul trouble early. But the negative part about that was they brought in Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, 12 points. He hit those two huge shots at the end of the fourth quarter he had 11 rebounds and nine assists though he literally played like gordon hayward this dude came off the bench and played 40 minutes absolutely insane but let's focus back on the first quarter and we'll slowly get ourselves to the point where tyler harrow broke our hearts the celtics defense coming out was fantastic i thought they were working very hard especially on their switches they contested a lot of shots but you know you could also say the heat were rusty because the heat this was their first game in exactly one week. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks the Tuesday previously. That's how they ended the series, the Tuesday before. So they didn't play in a whole week. And instead of going under the screens, they fought through them. They went over the screens. And they forced the Miami Heat to their lowest first, their lowest scoring quarter of the playoffs. So obviously, that is very impressive. Now, obviously, that changed in the third quarter because the Celtics only allowed them to score, I believe, 16 points in the third quarter. So, <laughs> the fact that you can hold them to their two lowest scoring quarters of the playoffs of their nine games that they played and you still lose is absolutely fucking bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. Now, one of the other things that I did like that the Celtics were doing once the Miami Heat switched to uh, man from zone was they were trying to set screens with Tice because they know Bam Adebayo would switch. And Tice, they can just lob it in to him, and he can score over Butler. He can score over Crowder. Just height-wise, I'm not saying physicality-wise, just height. He can score over Tyler Hero and Drogic, et cetera, et cetera. And because you got to think, if you look at that, if you look at who played, it's literally Bam Adebayo and Kelly Olynyk. I don't think there's anyone else over 6'9 on that team. I mean, I think Iggy's like 6'9". Derek Jones isn't that tall. Kelly Olynyk's like, you know, 6'10", but like... He only played 10 minutes, and he was terrible. He was a minus 9. But they don't really have a lot of size. So I did like the fact that Brad's like, okay, if they're going to switch and Bam, if, like if Tice is going to set a screen for Kemba and Bam Adebayo is going to be on Kemba, Bam Adebayo can cover any position 1 through 5. He's absolutely un unbelievable. He's ridiculously athletic. But if you can lob it in and literally have Tice on Drogic, 
you take that any day of the week. So I was okay with that. I was a little concerned when Time Lord came off the bench for Tice early and because I was worried if he couldn't handle Bam physically, but I thought he did an okay job. I, I, I don't think he like crushed it in any way, shape, or form, but I thought he, he did an okay job. He got a couple rebounds, made it, you know, had a nice putback dunk, or was it a layup? I forget what it was, but he had a nice putback dunk. Shemi came in a little bit early, and, then, and I think those are going to be Gordon Hayward minutes. I mean, Shemi played 10 minutes. Grant Williams played 10 minutes. So you figure those two combined, that's 20 minutes. That's probably what Gordon Hayward's going to be playing when or if he comes back. I I wouldn't mind if Grant Williams plays a little bit more too. You know, maybe take away a couple minutes from the Time Lord. We'll see. I'm glad I'm not Brad. But I will say this. The Time Lord did make a couple bad decisions defensively, and luckily Bam Adebayo missed them. He kind of jumped a little too early. He got a little too, you know, block shot or block a shot like dreams. His eyeballs lit up. And, I, I mean, he did have a nice chase down block, I believe, in the second half. So that was nice. But I was okay with the Time Lord. Shemi's just whatever. My whatever. So then it, then in the second quarter, the Heat came out in his zone again, and Tatum hit another wide-open three. And I feel like... This really helped the Celtics get some offensive rebounds. Now, I'm not saying the Celtics crushed the offensive rebound thing in any any way, shape, or form. They only had six. But I, I really think that on back-to-back possessions, they did get some really good looks. You know, J- Jason Tatum wide open three, and then Brad Wanamaker turning into it and one. And, I mean, Brad Wanamaker scored a good chunk of points in the second and got to the line a reasonable amount of times. I think he got to the free throw line like five times, five or six times, and then, you know, that's... It's pretty good for Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, he got to the free throw line five times, and he was the best free throw percentage shooter in the NBA. So you want him to get to the free throw line. You really and truly do. But I thought the Celtics had some really good ball movement to beat the zone. I was really impressed with that, so that was good. I did not like how much Brad trusted his bench early in the second quarter with the big lead. So the Celtics got their lead up to, I think, about 10 or so, and then... Shemi Ojale, Brad Wanamaker, and Grant Williams were all out there together. That was really annoying, and that cannot happen ever again. If you want to have Brad Wanamaker and Grant out there, fine. You want to have Grant and Shemi out there, fine. You want Brad and Shemi, fine. But the three of them cannot be out there. Cannot. Now, are they trying to see what the lineups would look like if Gordon comes back for Game 2 or Game 3? I don't fucking know. I don't. But those three guys cannot be on the court at the same time. It can't happen. It it can't happen. I thought that was a really, really bad decision-making by Brad. But one of the things that Brad Stevens didn't, I, I don't think it's Brad Stevens' fault, but we can always blame it because it was Eric Spolstra's decision to decide, hey, guys, they're going to come up and close out on every single one of your shots. They're going to come and close out every single time you catch a ball off of a curl and do a V-cut instead of curling and get some backdoor cuts, and it worked. Tyler Hero got a couple backdoor cuts on Kemba, and it literally looked like they were running the Princeton offense. So if the Celtics need to be aware, if they're going to play that physical and that up close with their with with their defense, the I'm trying to say this the right way, the Heat are going to exploit them and use backdoor cuts. They really are. They're just going to... Fake it like they're going to the three-point line, run back door. Bam out of bio is good enough. Tyler Hero is good enough. Jimmy Butler is good enough. Drogic is good enough to find the open man, especially in a backdoor cut, where 
most likely Tice is above the free throw line because that's when it's really going to work. If Tice is a Tice or the Time Lord is above the free throw line, that way no one can attack the rim. So, props to Eric Spolstra on that. Now, does anyone? I, I have a I, I have a serious question. Does anyone blow the lead better than the Celtics? I mean, maybe the Clippers. You know, the Clippers just blew a three-one lead, or maybe just the Nuggets love being down three-one in multiple series. But overall, there is not a better team in the NBA that blows a lead like the Boston Celtics. The Celtics defense just disappeared. It wasn't aggressive at all anymore. The communication was awful, which led to wide open Jay Crowder threes. Now, folks, Jay Crowder, we all know, can hit he was here for a while. Some of us liked him. Some of us only liked him because of his contract. Whatever the case may be. Jay Crowder can only make three pointers when he's wide open. Do you understand that? He can only make three-pointers when his feet are set. So, if Jay Crowder is left wide open because your defensive communication sucks and you didn't, you thought you had to switch, but you didn't switch, but you should have switched, he's going to make him. He's going to make him. He's going to make him. Jay Crowder scored 22 points in an Eastern Conference Finals game and was 5 of 9 from 3. So... An example of that, <clears throat> when Jay Crowder absolutely sucks. The, the play in the fourth quarter, maybe it was the third quarter, when Grant Williams was on him, and he had a dribble, 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 and he was like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what to do, and he literally just threw it up, and he threw his right leg up, and it hit Grant right in the groin, and but he still got to the free throw line. That's what you have to do to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder will make threes if his feet are set. Don't let that happen. With that being said, the Celtics also have to react better to their drive and kick passes because that is how the Miami Heat will beat you. They have a motion offense, and they are just going to keep running around and running around. And they are not satisfied, and they will not stop running until a shot goes in the air. So the Celtics have to... So basically what would happen, because it happened with Drogic a lot, and well, I'm going to talk about Drogic later on in the podcast, but they would just basically run, 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 run. Drogic would dish the ball. It would, and then he would just creep into a corner and let someone else drive, and then he's open in the corner. That's how it would work. But luckily, Jalen Brown hits, hit, what, two three-pointers with about 90 seconds left, heading into it to tie it up at the half. But the Celtics allowed 37 points in the second quarter. The Heat had 18 in the first. Allowing them to shoot 52% from three at the end of the first half is not going to cut it. Is absolutely not going to cut it. They did such a good job in the first quarter with the Miami Heat's three-point shooting Blech. but on the second unbelievable so what are they going to do here coming in going into the third quarter you you obviously have ptsd about the raptor series the third quarter oh my god it's tied we're gonna we're gonna blow it but the heat came out in the zone again and it kind of caught the Celtics scrambling a bit i i think they kind of moved their 2-3 zone up, and they blitzed a lot more. And I'll talk about Kemba handling that blitz later on. But I just don't know why the Celtics suck at zone so much sometimes. Like, are they overthinking it? Like, it's just so simple. Cut back door, quick ball movement, put someone at the free throw line. If the ball is at the free throw line, the big guy is going to come up, and someone can slide behind the defenders for an easy layup. Ugh, it drives me nuts. Set a screen. Set a screen at the top, please. Like, 
I don't understand it. Now, obviously, early foul trouble didn't help the Heat, and it didn't help them, uh, the Celtics. I was going to say the Magic. I don't even know why I was going to say the Magic, but didn't help the Heat, didn't help the Celtics. Dragic got his third early. Tice got his third early in the third quarter. But when Tice went out, Tatum followed him a little bit after that, and shockingly, without Tatum or Tice on the floor, the Celtics went on a 9-0 run, and they expanded the lead. But during that, after that 9-0 run, Tyler Hero got a lot of assists. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because the good thing is the Celtics were closing him off and when, whenever he got the ball. But the bad thing is they aren't recovering properly for the four guys on the floor. Like Tyler, Tyler Hero should not be getting nine assists in a game. That he should not. He averages 2.2, assist, yeah, 2.2 assists a game, which is 105th in the NBA. And you're allowing Tyler Hero to get nine on you? Awful. Absolutely awful. Tatum getting going at the end of the third quarter, you said to yourself, okay, that's good. I thought that really helped the Celtics. He was he was on 15 for a bit. He scored 15 in the first half. And I even texted my buddy Carl, and I was just like, dude, where's Tatum been? And then he actually got it going. So the reverse jinx, the reverse jinx worked. I mean, he scored seven or eight points after I sent that text. I mean, I, I just don't understand how Tatum and Brown and Smart sometimes when they're playing so well just disappear. It, it, it it's absolutely crazy. But the Celtics ended the third quarter on a 13-2 run. They went 18, really, if you expanded, it was actually an 18-10 run, you know, if you include when Tatum went out. But they're going up 12 points going into the fourth quarter. They held the Heat to one three-pointer. One three-pointer. Luckily, Duncan Robinson was in foul trouble again and picked up his fourth. But they held the Heat to one three-pointer. 16 points. 16 points. So you had 18 in the first, you had 37 in the second, and then the third you had 16 points. So if you could somewhere meet in the middle, you're good. Because if you think about it, 18 plus 16 is 34 points in a matter of 24 minutes of basketball. But then in the second quarter in 12 minutes of basketball, they scored 37. You got to hold them on there. You got to, you got to, you got to. So then the other thing that absolutely drove me nuts and this is where I might I might get dark, okay? But the Heat started the fourth quarter with Jimmy Butler on the bench. And they got the lead down to eight. Soft. Mentally soft. Sure, you could talk about the bullshit calling Grant Williams with Jay Crowder. And then, thankfully, the basketball gods brought back some karma in Jay Crowder's life. And he picked up a charge. Um, Tice stepped right in front of him, which was great. But like the Raptors... The Heat forced a turnover, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran. But like the Raptors series, the Celtics got back in time. But for whatever reason in this game, the Celtics' transition defense sucked. Why? I don't get it. Yeah, like, I, the, the Celtics have to know that they're mentally soft, right? The Celtics have to know that they cannot close out fourth quarters for the life of them, right? So, like, why do you poop your pants? I don't understand that. You know, Duncan Robinson hit his third, his first three-pointer of the game with about seven minutes to go. The lead's only down to six, and you're like, oh, my God, here we go again. You can't close against the Raptors in the fourth quarter. Folks, let's be honest. I'm really glad that they beat the Raptors. But if you looked at the offense in the last five, maybe four and a half minutes of that game seven, it literally was the Cleveland Cavaliers game against LeBron James in game seven at the Garden two or three, four years ago, whenever the hell it was. They cannot close. They are soft. They are so mentally soft. 
I mean, you could say, oh, well, you know, after losing games three and four in the Raptors series, they really responded in game five. Yeah, and then they blew game six, and they barely won game seven. Absolutely unbelievable. But the thing that drove me nuts was that the Heat were in the bonus. The Heat were in the bonus with like seven minutes to go. Your defense has to be better. You have to stop following. And like every, the the refs, I thought, were, were fine on both sides. There was no complaints about the refs in any way, shape, or form. And if you have a complaint about the refs, you just stop watching basketball because there was no issue with the refs in any single way, shape, or form. There wasn't. Sure, a couple missed calls here, a couple missed calls there, but nothing crazy. The Heat got to the free throw line five more times than you because they actually attacked the basket when it matters most, a.k.a. in the fourth quarter. You see what Jimmy Butler did at the end of the game in overtime? Absolutely attacking the rim. It was it was ridiculous. But with, with the amount of four shots and the amount of turnovers and the fact that they let the Heat get back into this game and they're only up four with a few minutes left, it really and truly makes you think if this team can ever close out a big game. At one point, the Celtics were winning by 14 points in the fourth quarter. You have a 12-point lead in the first half. You blow it. You have a 14-point lead in the second half. You blow it. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it, the way that they're closing, it's bad. It's so bad. I mean, Tatum airballed a three with two minutes to go with the Celtics leading by three. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is just your classic Classic closer. I mean, that three-pointer that he hit was literally a Raptors play all over again. The Celtics played great defense. It was an absolute crap shoot of a possession. The Heat had no idea what they're doing, and then they realized, oh, shit, the, cl- the shot clock's ending, and Jimmy Butler hits a huge three. And then we can talk about the last two possessions for the Celtics, can we? All right. I'm going to talk about Kemba in a little bit, so I don't want to rip him too hard yet. Kemba Walker dribbling for what? 10, 15 seconds, terrible, awful, like inexcusable. That's so bad. That is so bad. Like if you ask me, I'm pretty sure Kemba Walker is still dribbling. What a joke. And then I don't mind Tatum's last shot. I mean, I wish it was a little bit closer. I mean, to shoot it five or six feet behind the three-point line, not great, Bob, you know, but uh, Tatum's very good step-back three-point shooter. He had a good matchup against Derek Jones Jr. I understand Derek Jones Jr. can jump through the ceiling and, and is a pretty good defender. Not great, but pretty good defender. Obviously, Spolster put him in for a reason, but that was not the shot. There is no way out of a timeout that Brad Stevens set that up, and if that was the play, a Jason Tatum iso play, then shame on Brad Stevens. But those last two possessions to win that basketball game were a joke. Embarrassing. Terrible. So we go into overtime. And of course, Tice follows out early and that changes everything. And I, people, what? Daniel Tice followed out, changes everything. Daniel Tice was a plus 12. He was the only Celtics player, or him and Tatum were the only Celtics players in the positive. When Daniel Tice was on the floor, the Celtics were 12 points better than the Miami Heat. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, Bam Adebayo was also a plus 12. Bam Adebayo owned him. Yeah, but that's fine. But the Heat saw that now the Celtics don't have any big men because Brad Wanamaker came in instead. They can just attack the rim. I mean, Kemba and Tatum don't talk defensively, and Jay Crowder is wide open for a three. And they were down one. And then Butler goes to the line for an and one at the end of the game. Uh, 
Of course, because that was the most obvious thing in the world. I texted my buddy Dave. Let me let me pull it up real quick because I was just so absolutely furiously angry about it. Hold on. Where is the text to Dave that I sent him? I go, Butler getting to the line to end this. I just know it. And then I went called it. And that's exactly what happened. You knew it was going to happen. Jimmy Butler's a closer. Jimmy Butler is one of the best closers in the league. The reason why the Heat are where they are is because Jimmy Butler can close games. And the reason why the 76ers are at home was because they let Jimmy Butler go. And Jimmy Butler got them to as far as they did in the playoffs last year because he can close games. And then the last play of the game, I have no issues with the play. I, I really don't. I mean, Tatum getting a wide-open look at the lane, I'll take that any day of the week. I really will. He got stuffed by Bam out of bio at the end of the game. I have to tip the cap to Bam out of bio. That play was absolutely ridiculous. That block was unbelievable. There was a play earlier in the game where Jalen Brown had an opportunity to dunk on Bam out of bio, or at least try to dunk on Bam out of bio, and you wonder if that helped Bam out of bio block that shot. Here's why. If Jalen Brown goes up for a dunk like he usually does when there's smaller defenders around him, like every single time Jalen does a poster dunk, name someone over six foot ten he dunks over. Seriously. I mean the one dunk on Giannis during the playoffs, okay, fine, I'll give you that. But like that big dunk in the Raptors series, that was over OG and Anobi. Please. That that's he that's not a big guy. I wonder if Jalen went up and went up for that foul. And got or went up for the dunk and got fouled. If Bam Adebayo defends that play differently, I really and truly do. I'm 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 thinking about it more and more. But I wonder if he goes up. Like I understand why Jalen didn't go up, but Jalen should and has to go up. Like I agree with everyone. What was Jalen doing passing it? I agree wholeheartedly. I really and truly do. So now that that's all over, the five things that I w- was looking for in the series. How will Jason Tatum react to Jimmy and Iggy uh, guarding him? I thought Tatum played very well on, on those guys. I mean, with that being said, his last shot made was with 7 minutes and 29 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. This is what happened with Jason Tatum after he made that shot with seven and a half minutes to go. Turnover, miss, miss. Game winner in the fourth, miss. In overtime, miss, 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 miss. But during that time, he did make free th- three free throws. So Jason Tatum missed one, two. He missed seven shots, had one turnover, and made three free throws with seven and a half minutes to go. And that this also includes overtime, folks. So as much as Kemba Walker is to blame for this loss, as much as the defensive rotations are blamed for this loss, as much as not getting back on transition defense is blamed for this loss, Jason Tatum, sure, he might have had a nice game, could have made, you know, Probably made some more NBA history. He's probably the third youngest player of all time to score 30 points with 14 rebounds and five assists. None of that matters. They lost. It doesn't. My next question going into the series is, who will be the closer for the Celtics because the Heat have Jimmy Butler? And what do you know? Jimmy Butler hit that three to get him into overtime, and Jimmy Butler ended the game with that and one. So Jimmy Butler's the closer, and I did not see anyone close. I didn't see Tice. I didn't see Smart. I didn't see Brown. I didn't see Tatum. I didn't see Kemba. No one closed. No one closed. Number two. I'm um, sorry, number three. Can Tice keep Bam Adebayo off the boards? I mean, Bam Adebayo won in the game defensively. I thought he was very good overall. He's the heart and soul of that entire defense. 
but he only got nine rebounds. And yes, I understand Tice only got four, but I thought Tice did an okay job on him, and that's all you can ask. Like, Bam Adebayo is obviously better than Daniel Tice. Bam Adebayo is obviously bigger than Daniel Tice. Bam Adebayo is obviously more physical than Daniel Tice. Bam Adebayo is obviously more athletic than Daniel Tice. And we can go on and on and on and on and on. But I just need Daniel Tice to play okay. And minus the foul trouble, classic Daniel Tice, I thought he did a fine job. Nothing crazy. For real. I thought he did a fine job. Number four, Celtics ball movement. I mean, twenty. I asked for 22 to 26 assists. They got 24 like dead center right in the middle. That's great and all, but here's the worst part. And this is, again, mentally soft. The Celtics allowed the Heat to make 40 made field goals, which is fine. I That's okay. But it was on 32 assists. It literally reminds me of game six versus the Raptors. Because I, I think the Raptors had like 28 assists on 39 made shots or 36 made shots or something like that. 32 assists they allowed. That, oh. Their defense has to be better. They have to close out better on their driving kicks. Oh, man. And they cannot leave Jay Crowder open for three. Good God. And then finally, points off turnovers because I think at times the Heat can be lazy, and I think we saw that. You know, the Heat, sometimes they'll just make terrible passes. And, I mean, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler <laughs> can turn over the basketball pretty, pretty easily. I mean, he had a couple turnovers where you're like, really, Jimmy? Like, that's, come on, dude. You're better than that. But the Heat ran when they could. They got 18 points off turnovers. The Celtics only got 14. So when you look at all that, I would say uh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, maybe nope, nope. So ridiculous. Now let's talk about the two most important players of the series, in my opinion. Gordon Drogic and Kemba Walker. Drogic is so good at getting to his spots. But the Celtics need to realize you cannot let him go to his left hand. You can't. He changed the pace of the entire game in the second quarter. He ran, he ran, he ran. He made six in a row because of the way Gordon Drogic played in that second quarter. They went on a 17-4 run, which cut the Celtics' lead from 12 to now losing by one because of Gordon Drogic. 7-10 from the field in the first half. He ended up shooting 11-19 of 19 overall. He had 29 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 points. I don't think Kemba Walker has scored 29 points combined in the last two games. Gordon Drogic did it in one. Drogic always creeps into the corner, guys. And the Heat always find him. And he's so good at shot faking, putting the ball, going towards the baseline with his left hand, and either A, finding an open person, or B, getting to the rim. And it was interesting because... Brad knew how much Dragic was destroying the Celtics that he actually put Marcus Smart on him and let Tatum on Butler. And I thought that was an okay plan by Brad because Tatum didn't have a lot of fouls at the time and he only ended up with four. But Tatum can defend Jimmy Butler. And if you're a superstar, you're going to have to be in that position that Jason Tatum was in. So I'm okay with Smart guarding Dragic because guess what? Kemba Walker can't. But the issue is you're going to ask Kemba Walker to start fighting through screens with Tyler Hero trying to get open and... There's something going on with Kemba. I mean, Kemba was 1 of 7 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3 in the first half. Overall, in this game, sure, he made a couple hoops at the end of the game, which was nice to see, and hopefully that will keep him going. Hopefully that will get him going. But 6 of 19 overall, 1 of 9 from 3, that's not going to cut it. I believe if I saw that a statistic correctly last night on Twitter, maybe it was a fit of rage, I believe in the last five games, Kemba is shooting less than 15% from 3 in the last five games. Less than 15% from three. Going into the second half, he was 4 of 29 
from three over the last few games. Thankfully, he hit a three to help the Celtics lead get get to seven in the third, so that was good. But the, Kemba did not do a lot of good things. The way that they blitzed him outside of their zone or whenever a screen was set was terrible. He, I felt like, I don't know, I feel like he would usually just drive to the basket or try and dribble through it, but he went backwards. Like I felt like a few times he was going to get backcourt violations, and the Heat are also quick enough to recover when he, like, if they're going to blitz and he tries to skip it over, the Heat are so good at recovering for that skip pass. It, I mean, again, props to Spo, their their coach. They do a great job recovering. They, they really and truly do. So that was very frustrating. So Kemba taking contested threes in the fourth really isn't my cup of tea when you're already shooting this poorly. I mean, he just did a terrible job with less than 40 seconds to go. He stalled in that play. It was awful. The Tyler Hero three that I believe was hit over him was all his fault. Awful. I mean, Kemba got outplayed by Brad Wanamaker. We all know that I'm a fan of Brad Wanamaker. I am not saying he's better than Kemba Walker in any way, shape, or form. But I'm getting so angry thinking about how bad Kemba was. Okay. So Brad Wanamaker had 11 points. Kemba had 19. Okay, fine. Brad Wanamaker also took five shots. Kemba Walker also took 19 shots. Kemba Walker had six assists. Brad Wanamaker had six assists. Kemba Walker had three rebounds. Guess what? Brad Wanamaker had three rebounds. Brad Wanamaker had five steals. Five steals. Brad Wanamaker had five steals. His stat line was 11, 3, 6, and 5. Kemba's was 19, 3, 6, 0. Terrible. Terrible. Like, there were times where Kemba Walker legitimately got benched for Brad Wanamaker because Brad Wanamaker was playing better, and I think he can play more physical with Gordon Dragic than Kemba can. I, I really and truly think that. And that's why Brad played him a lot. And, I mean, Brad Wanamaker played 25 minutes. Were any of us expecting Brad Wanamaker to play 25 minutes in this game? No. Absolutely unbelievable. Kemba has to be better. So, what can you do in game two to win? So, right off the bat, you're like, I would start off strong, but... I would say maybe get a 12-point lead in the first half, but... You blew it! I would say maybe get a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, but... You I would say leave by five points in the fourth quarter with one minute left because most likely you should be winning the game, but... You blew it! I would say defend the three ball well, but... I would say you got to be more physical with Bam out of bio, but... I would say take care of the basketball, but you did that with ten turnovers, so... None, like, none of it worked. None of it worked. You started off strong. You had a 12-point lead. You had a 14-point lead. You had a five-point lead with a minute left. You... Didn't defend the three-point ball well in the second or the fourth quarter. You you weren't physical with Bam. You did you did take care of the basketball. Okay, only ten turnovers. I'll, I'll give you that. And then you finished the third quarter strong. So I I don't know I don't know what they can do. I mean Tatum scoring thirty, Smart twenty six. Sure Jalen needs to probably get a couple more hoops. I don't know what they need to do. I don't know. I I don't know if it's just because I'm angry. Still, but I have no idea what the Boston Celtics need to do to win that game. I mean, they shot 35% from three, so sure, maybe shoot the three ball better. They only missed two free throws. That's good. The ball movement was there. They only got out-rebounded by four. 
Like, they only had 10 turnovers. Like, I, I don't know what they could do. Oh, I know. Stop being mentally soft and close a basketball game so you can go to the NBA Finals. Thanks so much. And that's it for episode 92 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.